Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Ocean State Sidelines. I'm Brandon McGear, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times Winsaka Call. Pleased to be joined by my co-pilot, uh, co-host, and now father of two, Will Gagan, sports editor, editor of the Independent. Will, before we dive into the particulars of this week's high school football playoff menu, just want to say congratulations to you and Meg on welcoming the, your second child. Yeah, thank you, Brendan. Uh, good to be back. A little sleep deprived, but otherwise no worse for wear. And yeah, got two uh, two healthy little girls now, Molly and Eloise. So uh, we're rocking and rolling here. Rocking and rolling, and the same could be said for the Rhode Island high school playoff football scene. And you know, at uh, Division One, they'll take a little bit of a break this weekend before they get into the semifinals. Division Four, they still have one more weekend to go. In the regular season, there's a, a couple of significant games there, but we will start with the Division Two and Division Three playoffs, which swing in with quarterfinal action this uh, weekend, and four games in each side, and you know a lot of intriguing uh, matchups if you look at it well. Yeah, I mean these these two divisions have been the the biggest beneficiaries of the uh, interscholastic leagues realignment, like just really competitive, high level divisions. You know, there were a few years few seasons a few years ago where you know every game I covered was a blowout uh just teams not quite fitting in the right divisions I still have some issues with the alignment as re- as it relates to division one but in terms of division two and three it's been fantastic it's been great football really good teams and these playoffs are going to be really really hotly contested I think yeah I think the margin for error is you know very slim I think there's some teams that can go on the road potentially and win. We'll talk about our thoughts on that, but uh, I guess we shall, we'll start in division two Friday night, you know, just set the record. We're recording this podcast on Friday morning. You know, it doesn't get much bigger in Pawtucket than uh, St. Raphael taking on Shea in a uh, division two quarterfinal matchup, 6 PM at Parisot field, you know, two teams that uh, have kind of, you know, quote unquote, circle the Raggins. You know, St. Rayfield, they dropped their league opener against East Providence. And you're kind of wondering, okay, this isn't the same old Division II that the Saints were used to because of the influx of Division I teams that had quote unquote dropped down. And Shea, they looked, they struggled early this year, but they were able to get things together late. You know, they had a big win on the road at South Kingstown and followed it up with a blowout home win against Cranston East. And it's two teams that are kind of uh, going in on a bit of a roll. Yeah, what a what a great matchup for a for a first round playoff game. Uh like you said the battle of Pawtucket here. Um and the Saints have been really impressive. Uh, like like you said we we thought early on maybe uh it would be a big adjustment for them uh to play some of these teams that had been in D1 and and it was an adjustment but they successfully adjusted and end up as the top seed on their side of the bracket. And Shea, I mean that win over South Kingston was huge. Uh, that that's really the one that made the difference for them and and made the difference for South Kingstown being left outside of the playoffs. You know, you had ended up with a four way tie um, for for two spots on that side of the bracket. And the Raiders got in by virtue of having some pretty good wins, even though it was a little bit of a, a, a bumpy year for them. And then we'll stick on that side of the D2 bracket with Cumberland ha- traveling down to Westerly. You know, Cumberland, they had a, like, a mid-season hiccup. They lost at St. Rayfield. Then they followed up with a home loss to Cranston West. Should be noted, they didn't have their quarterback, Evan Spencer. He returned last week against Mount Pleasant to um, get them back on the winning track heading into the postseason as they take on a uh, Westerly team that 
Grounded Pound, uh, Zach Tuck, uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the formula for the Bulldogs if you want to uh, have success. Yeah, in terms of uh, you know who who you might want to pick in the, in this bracket, you you could do a lot worse than Westerly. They're they're basically the hottest team in the division right now. They you know they similar to St. Raising, there was a little bit of an adjustment. They lost to Portsmouth and lost to Barrington to go to zero and two in league play uh, back in September, and they have not lost since. They beat Shea. They won a non-league game over Central, uh, Division One team. They beat Cranston East. And then these, these last, really these last three weeks, they've just been super impressive. That Cranston East game started at 42-6 to win. Then they blew, blew out one socket and went shaped up as sort of a marquee game, 31-0. And then last week uh, with, with uh, you know, playing against a South Kingstown team that needed to win to make the playoffs, Westerly just dominated, raced out to a lead. I think it was 21-0 it was before... Their offense had even touched the ball. Uh, they, they had turnovers and special teams touchdowns. They ended up winning forty-two to twelve. So they've been really, really impressive. Uh, and and I I could definitely see them making a run here. You know, speaking of teams that could potentially make a run, you go to the other side of the D two bracket with Winsocket traveling to Cranston West for a Friday night seven p.m. contest. It's a one socket team. Well, that uh, you know they go into the playoffs with a three game losing streak, but I think you know watching their game last week against Barrington, I think they maybe found a little something that had been lacking in back to back shutout losses to Portsmouth and Westerly, and that's kind of to beef up the ground game. And by me, I mean beef. It means kind of taking some of the offensive linemen or defensive linemen and putting them in the backfield. We saw Xavier Luke typically plays along the line for the Novans. He scored two touchdowns last week in short yardage situations, including one that gave the Novans a lead in overtime. You know, good coaches make adjustments during the course of the season, and we certainly saw that by head coach Charlie Bebo. You know, at Winsocket, you know, you have to kind of maybe put the tough end of the regular season behind you. They started out 3-0, and lose the last three straight, and – but on the scouting report for Cranston West, who I think is maybe one of the more surprising teams, given that the way they strolled over the last couple of years, it all starts with Marcus Chung, who, you know, was arguably maybe the best, or if one of the best two-way players in terms of maybe being a threat out of the backfield, catching the ball and also taking handoffs. Yeah, he's been really good. Uh, and like you said, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Cranston West lost their, uh, their season opener to West Warwick non-league game and West Warwick has gone on to have a great year in D3 but still that was a little bit of a, a jarring start for them and they were they went one and one to start league play but then they've been really good since beat East Providence, Cumberland, Mount Pleasant, East Greenwich they've really taken care of business during that top seed but yeah I, I think once up when socket could could make a move here they're such a physical team and that that really matters in the playoffs so I think if Winsaka can make it their kind of game and uh, you know control the clock, get their running game going, they'll have a shot against Cranston West. The last uh, Division II playoff game that we'll talk about is uh, East Providence traveling to Portsmouth. You know the aforementioned Townies who you know made a I thought an early season statement by beating St. Raphael, you know, who had gone to the previous two Division II Super Bowls, was impressive. But I, I, it looked like it was been a, you know, the town, then they dropped three straight, one, two, lost, you know, the, the non-leaguer against Hendrickson, which obviously, uh, you know, doesn't count in the standings. Kind of been a, a Jekyll and Hyde season for the Townies as they take on a Portsmouth team who, you know, credit to them, they were able to win their subdivision, probably going through three or four quarterbacks during the season. The, the <laughs> injury bug really went through them, but somehow they were still able to keep their heads up and, you know, kind of avoid, like we mentioned, that four-way tiebreaker that needed to solidify the uh, Division Two 
B side of the bracket. Yeah, I mean, Portsmouth is just so steady. Like you look at these other teams, and they're they may be getting hot, may have better better stars, but Portsmouth just does what they do so well. They always have, uh, and I mean, they're when you look at how things how things went last year in Division One, and and with the, those teams dropping down, it's hard to pick against Portsmouth as they're just so consistently good. They were so consistently competitive in Division One. Uh, I, I, you know, I think they're they're as good as anybody in this division, and uh, and and they'll definitely have a shot. And East Providence, they they sort of snuck in there as the last team in from the um, from the A side. Uh, I believe the worst league record among all the teams in the playoffs, but you know they've had some big wins. They played well, and and that should be another good game. Let's go to the D three uh, bracket with three of the four games of the quarterfinal round taking place on Friday night. We'll start with Lincoln traveling to West Warwick. Lincoln had the quarter uh, same record as the West Warwick Wizards during the regular season, both five and two. However, the Wizards finished second in their side of the Division Three bracket, while the Lions finished third. With Lincoln, it all it just comes down to you know their ground game. If they're able to run the ball effectively with a three-headed monster of um, of star players, you know Christian Patron at the top of the list, and can they be successful trying to control a West Warwick team who? You know, prior to, you know, losing to Moses Brown a couple of weeks ago, Will, I thought they were on the trajectory of maybe getting into that, you know, rarefied conversation to be a representative in the Division Division Three Super Bowl. Yeah, I've been, I was really impressed with Wes Warwick when I saw them against Narragansett. Uh, two really good running backs, uh, DeAndre Chase uh, and James Branch, just really, they're really good. I mean, that came, like, they, they ran for over 300 yards. Each of those guys had had 30 carries. It was like an actual even split. Uh, so just like a two-headed monster back there. They're big up front, uh, tough defensively. I, I really like West Warwick's chances. Lincoln, see if they can recapture kind of that fast start. Uh, if they get it going again, then, then they'll definitely have a shot as well. And then uh, another game that uh, we'll be keeping an eye on is Charaho taking on Rodgers. I mean, this is the ultimate contrast to Styles. Rogers, you know, they like to go up and down the floor. They like a pin pinball machine. Charaho, they like to grind you out. You know, I saw them take on West. I mean, a Lincoln a few weeks ago, and they won seven to six. Rogers, they've sc- they're covered all game back to back games where they scored fifty plus points. They also have a forty seven point game and a thirty six point game. And I guess you know, a game like that, what does it come down to? Who establishes the uh, quote unquote tempo? Just to borrow a uh, basketball term. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be whoever can make it their kind of game. Chero's been really impressive this year. I mean, they, you know, Narragansett won the, the won the D three title over Cheroho in the Super Bowl last year. The whole division changed. Narragansett lost a lot of guys uh, and and sort of dipped a little bit. Chero had had more coming back and has really held their own in in the new look division. So they they they've been really impressive. Rogers, I mean, those, those point totals, you don't see a whole lot of 50-point games in, in the Rhode Island era scholastically. Back-to-back weeks, 55-22 over Narragansett, 54-40 over Ponagansett. I don't know that they'll be able to, to do that again uh, against Cheriho, but they're streaking in. I mean, they won three in a row, so they, they definitely are feeling good about themselves. And the last uh, Division Three game that's taking place on Friday night, another long trip bus ride with Ponagansett heading to Middletown. Middletown, they've kind of hung their hat defensively. This year, four games of, uh, of um, you know, allowing opponents not to get into double digits. Ponagansett, they were you know a clear-cut Division Four Super Bowl winner a year ago. They moved up this year and able to uh, grab that last playoff spot. Yeah, Middletown's been been really good. I mean, they lost that 
early game to Tolman. It was, and it was that was just a six nothing game. Uh, take that one away. They they'd be perfect because they've been perfect since then. You know, beating Coventry, Cherho. That Cherho has been really good. Like we said, Middletown beat them fourteen to two. They beat Lincoln fourteen nothing. So yeah, their their defense has been super impressive. And on Saturday afternoon, the Division Three playoffs continue with Tolman traveling to Moses Brown for a a twelve thirty game. The Quakers, well, the lone team that we talked about that's going to be in the playoff, you know, play a playoff game this weekend that's undefeated. And like we said, I think it speaks to the parity level that exists in these two divisions. And But uh, the Quakers, they've been the clear-cut better team in the majority of their contests this year. I know they had a scare against Rodgers, you know, some turnovers, but we were able to pull that out. And, and Tolman, you know, they looked dead in the water. They got blown out at home against – uh, classical a few weeks ago, but they went on the road last week against Coventry and scored 20 points in the second half. Maurice Hill, he put the team on his back and carried them. And, you know, I think when we talked about teams at the beginning of the season who had legitimate shots to get to the Super Bowl, I think we talked about the Tigers. And all you can ask is for an opportunity, and the Tigers have it against a, an undefeated team on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Big, uh, you know, there, there's a, a path to an upset there for Tolman if they play well. But, yeah, Moses Brown, I mean, they've been – Really, really good. Miles Craddock, one of the best running backs in the division. Uh, you know, they had had a few down years, uh, Moses Brown, but they are they are certainly back this year, coming in at eight now. We should mention that you know we mentioned Division Four. Their regular season concludes this weekend. A couple of uh, intriguing games, not probably more most so than Davies going on the road to take on Smithfield. Smithfield is the only undefeated team in Division Four, and Davies has one loss. It'll, be interesting to see, you know, if we have a potential three-way tiebreaker because on the flip side, you have Central Falls slash BVP going on the road to Tiverton. They only have one loss, and they have the tiebreaker against Davies, but not so against Smithfield. It could be a situation similar to the D2B playoffs, Will, where we kind of have to bust out the algorithms and the calculations to see who's going to be the first three seeds. Yeah, those, those tiebreakers. You, you can get pretty deep into those tiebreakers. But yeah, that that'll be interesting. Uh, an interesting final week that they're like you said, not in the playoffs yet. But I imagine these games will feel like playoff games for those teams. And looking ahead, uh, you know, North Kingstown, uh, they'll be in action next week. Uh, you know, as long with with uh, Central Falls. I mean, Central Falls. I mean, Central LaSalle and Henrikin. Just uh, you know, what are you looking forward to on uh, that side of the um, you know division? Well, we're just uh, you know, all four teams that kind of have a chance to regroup here after. Uh, you know, going through, I think, very, very interesting schedules where LaSalle and Hendrickson they played out-of-state teams where North Kingstown and Central, they tried to fill the gaps with as many in-state games as possible, knowing that they only had three league games to uh, to contend with. Yeah, you know, it was a little bit of an odd schedule for them, but I mean, they credit to those teams, they just sort of treated it as, as all those games were league games, you know. NK ended up going undefeated against other public school teams, just sort of rose to the top as, as they do. And they were really good against Central uh, last week to finish it off. And, you know, that, NK basically looked at that game with Central as like the public school championship since there is no uh, second-tier Super Bowl this year. But now they get to go in the playoffs and, and see what they can do. I mean, I, I think you could have two really good games in the semifinal round. And, you know, as good as Hendrick and LaSalle have been, historically and and as much as i would not bet against them uh central needed was a two-point conversion away from from almost beating hendrickson from tying hendrickson and, and forcing overtime and nk played lasalle pretty tough it was a zero zero game for most of the first half until lasalle scored and pulled away a little bit and what's interesting about both those games is sort of uh similar styles where lasalle and nk are going to throw it around they're going to try to score 
Yeah, that could be uh, that could be a high scoring sort of shootout. Hendrickson and Central probably more of a low scoring game. Both teams will try to get their run games going. And uh, we'll certainly be keeping an eye on those next week. But we've got a, a full playoff menu to contend with this weekend and other sports as well. We have cross country state championships on Saturday, field hockey and tennis. And Will will be at tennis and field hockey. I'll be at cross country and. That uh, it's that time of year, well, where uh, the playoff uh, grind is in full flight. Yep, yep, we're uh, we're at full speed right now, uh, but it'll it'll be a fun fun couple of weeks. Yeah, so all, all the kids out there enjoy it, and uh, you know the other good part of this, well, lots of good weather. Who thought that we would have seventy degree days in November? <laughs> right, I know, I I can't believe it. Going to be a beautiful day for uh, for championships on Saturday. So well, I'd like to thank everyone for listening once again. We'll be back with a fresh episode relatively soon. And what I mean soon, next week, early next week, as we dive into the college basketball season that starts on Monday. Can't believe that. Uh, but uh, College Hoops is officially here once again. Until then, enjoy the games and uh, take care, everyone. See you next week.